Hello everybody, it's Dreadful Talk episode 13 and you know people say have their superstitious beliefs about the number 13 but I'm actually feeling quite lucky because on this episode I have my first ever author guest and that is you know good friend Megan Smith and let's go ahead and get her on here right now let's go. Hello. Hey, what's up? Hey, not much. How's it going out there in Colorado? Oh, pretty good. It's uh, beautiful here. I hear there's some crappy weather back in our home state, but yeah, not yeah. Here. I know. I definitely do not miss that Oklahoma weather. Like, I just I try to describe it to people, and I feel like I'm like telling like the biblical stories of the plague on something. I'm like, there's tornadoes in the spring, and it's a hundred degrees in the summer, and it snows in the winter. I feel like the old man, like the walk uphill and snow both ways type of shit. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but it's true though. It's crazy. Like, like I think Oklahoma is one of the few places in the world with those three dynamics. The 100 degree humid with humidity, the snow and the ice in the winter, and the tornadoes in the spring. I mean, there can't be too many places on earth with all three of those. But um, enough about that. I'm so glad, you know, you're taking your time to, you know, join us here on Dreadful Talk or join me here on Dreadful Talk. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm psyched to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. I'd like, um, from honestly, from the minute that I saw what you were doing, you know, with, you know, with your, with your writing and, you know, pursuing being an author, like, and I feel like you kind of started ramping that up about the similar time as I started ramping up dreadful talk. And I just knew from the jump that I wanted to have you on. And uh, like, seriously, I had like, you know, a bunch of people asking me to come on and I was like, I got some people I got to get on first. And you were definitely one of those people. So thank you so much. Um, Thanks. But yeah, I um just for everybody watching, you know, we have actually known each other since middle school um, back in Norman, Oklahoma, you know, shout out Alcott. Uh, we were in, I think, seventh grade band together, right? I believe. Six, were you in sixth? I think so. Yeah, sixth, sixth grade band. Yeah, so yeah, we, go, we, go, we go back. And like I said, I mean, I like to keep it within the circle, you know, like within um, – I feel like there's just so many pe talented people from like our generation in Norman. And it's like, you know, I want to, I just like reaching out to, you know, people that, you know, I'm connected to and, you know, have history with. And like I said, let's just all, you know, help each other and keep it all in the family. And I'm, I'm all about that. Um, so yeah, you know, I definitely support what you're doing. And, I, and like I said, I'm happy, um, happy for you, you know, I'm wishing you much success. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's really cool to see. I think, our generation is pretty lucky and unlucky in a lot of ways, but, you know, lucky yeah. that, that we kind of grew up when the internet was like getting to be a big thing. And so I feel like a lot of us are kind of using the internet in this really cool way to, to yeah. build a, you know, a, our art in a new way. Um, yeah, so yeah. yeah. Be, use it for productivity and like, I mean, I'm I'm obviously not going to ignore, you know, the downsides of social media and that there are some negative parts of it. But, you know, I found it so useful and, you know, I'm really just trying to use it as a tool more so than, you know, the way maybe some other people use it in more negative ways. But I think it just it is a really cool tool and like just like a product of our times that, you know, that allows us like, you know, we're probably a thousand miles from each other right now and we're sitting mm -hmm. here, you know, having a conversation for everybody to see it just I don't know like I said everybody talks about the downsides of social media but 
you know, I just I, I like to see, you know, the positive sides too. But um but yeah, so how long have you been in Colorado now? I know you moved out there pretty recently. Yeah, it's been two years now. Um so yeah, it was twenty eighteen. Hell yeah. That we moved out here. Nice. And I so I bet you that feels good to have your feet firmly planted. I know it took me yeah. about two years to get firmly planted out here in Cali. Yeah, I, uh, you know what's what's funny is that uh my partner and I were like just really starting to get into like going out and exploring Denver and like getting to know the city and then COVID locked us all down. So yeah, yeah, that was definitely. Shitty timing. <laughs> definitely, definitely. It's beautiful over there. I've only been there once, but I really enjoyed it. I have a new I Everybody keeps asking me, you know, like, oh, are you going to stay in the Bay Area forever? Or, you know, and I'm like, look, I don't know exactly where I end up, but I know that it's going to be west of the Rockies. Like, that's my new rule. Like, I got to yeah. be west of the Rockies. Like, that leaves a lot of doors open, but I think as long as I'm west of the Rockies, I think I think I'll be happy. I love I love the the I just love it out here. I love the hills. I love the the weather. I love the people. I love the, you know the the diverse food. I, oh my God, mm -hmm. I had some jamaican food the other day for the first time and it blew my mind but um but yeah no i'm happy for you you know i i, I low-key root for like all the like people that like you know try to get out of norman and get out of oklahoma like same <laughs> it, it's a double-edged sword and i know i talk about it on the podcast a lot and it probably sounds like i shit on it but like i'm, I'm glad i'm not like ashamed of where i'm from but I'm just happy I'm not still there. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I love a lot of people back there. And like, I want to be the person I am today if it wasn't, you know, for that, that surrounding. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm definitely root for people, you know, just to get out and, 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 and try to explore some more of this, you know, patch of, patch of dirt, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I'm for happy sure. for you. Um, but yeah, so, um, I wanted to get into um, a couple of your works. Um, you know, for those that don't know, um, you know, Megan does a lot of short stories and um, mostly fiction, but a little bit of nonfiction. And I think you have some other stuff in the works. But uh, mm -hmm. I, I've always been a fan of like the short story genre. And I feel like it's like a slept on genre. And like, it uh, is. it's underrated as fuck. Like, and I don't know, I think you may be catching a, a right little wave now because everybody always talks about, you know, nowadays people got short attention spans. Mm -hmm. And like maybe that's what's maybe keeping them from you know picking up and reading a four hundred pager, you know what I mean? And uh, so I don't know. I mean, I know, like I said, I know you you got other things and you know bigger long term plans. But as of now, I really do like the kind of angle, the short story kind of niche. Like I don't know, I feel like it's a lane less traveled and an underappreciated lane. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's definitely a a, a less. Um you know, popular genre. I think people don't really know a lot about it. I think people don't really like understand that it's kind of its own thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I actually got into short stories because I, I was into novels. Um, but in college, you know, the, the classes, you only got a semester, you don't really have, or a year, you don't have enough time to teach a full novel. Um, so they would only teach short fiction. Um, and so I just kind of got into it there. And I really love the genre. So man, I wish I would have gone to your college. So I don't even know if you know this, I was actually an English major. And I was uh, and my college used to try to make me read a whole goddamn book in like two weeks. Like they, they would fuck me up They I, They want me to read like 60 pages a night. I don't know. I I mean, like the writing. Oh, the right. All right. Where, where I was just like, I was like, man, I, I need I need a short story college. I would have done much better because needless to say, me and Cliff Notes, you know what I'm saying? It was saved in my bookmark. But uh, 
but yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I used to write write some short stories myself, and I think maybe that's why you know I have such a great appreciation for it. And like I said, I mean, I myself have a short attention span, so it works great for me. Um, and, and I feel like it's more in essentially artistic, and, and this is what I mean by that. It kind of because it's not three hundred pages, you don't get a chance to like you know get into every nook and cranny and it kind of lets the mind connect some dots and kind of fill in some blanks. I don't know. That's kind of how I looked at it and approached it. And I actually enjoyed that about it. Cause like I said, it just, it kind of leaves a little bit to the imagination maybe as a way to word it better. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely like a full, a book is like, like a three course meal, right? Like you can like really dig into it. And then um, a short story is like, you know, just like a bite, but like that one bite where you get like a piece of everything and it's like that really good bite. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, for sure, for sure. And I think you do a good job of that in your short stories, for sure. So if that's your mission, you. you know, mission accomplished, checkmate. Um, and yeah, so um, I want to start off about the commute. Um, I, I really like this one and it's, um, it's kind of funny because it's a story I would have never related to if I would have never moved to the Bay Area. Because, like, obviously, Oklahoma, you know, not known for its, like, public transit. Um, and, but, I, you know, being out in the Bay Area, you know, there's a very famous public transportation system called the BART. Like, mm -hmm. um, you've probably um, seen it on Fruitvale Station, the movie with uh, Michael B. Jordan. That's the BART train that go. It takes you um, all the way from Fremont all the way to the North Bay. You can get to any part of the Bay for, like, $7. So, like, when I want to go to San Francisco or I want to go to, like, an Oakland A's game, I drive to the nearest BART station and just take the train because I'll take, I'll save you, um, you know, the, the trouble. If you ever find yourself in, in San Francisco, do not park your car in San Francisco veteran tip for you. I don't care. Like they'll bust in your window for a bag of Cheetos for real. I, so I refuse to drive my truck. Well, back when I had a truck, it's now stolen. So here I am yeah. talking about, I'm talking shit about San Francisco and it got stolen here in San Jose, but uh, needless to say, I would just take the train. And so I, I say that all to say, just that, like I said, my experiences with public transit in a big city and maybe having a sketchy feeling or, you know, maybe some unsavory characters on the, on the train car with you, you know, I just, I actually did relate to this one. Um, so yeah, you started off with kind of like some obvious foreshadowing. Like she puts a big knife in her purse. Like that's mm -hmm. one of the first things that happens. And so off top, you know, it sets off the alarms, you know, like, oh, shit, like, what's going to go down? And then um, and then I, I, I swear for like the next couple of paragraphs, like the next maybe or like the section, you're describing something grabbing her. But you leave, like I say, with a short story, you kind of leave it up to the imagination. And like for the first little bit, I didn't I seriously didn't know if it was like a monster I didn't know if it was a person, a creature, a spirit, a ghost. Like, like it was real creepy. It was real ominous, but it was like kind of vague, but in a good way, like intentionally vague, leaving mm -hmm. something to the imagination. And, and, and I appreciated that because I was like, oh, shit, like, you know, like which direction? Because you don't have context. So it's like, is, you know, is this going to go in like a sci-fi direction? Or like, I'm like, I'm like, which what my mind just kind of started racing, like trying to complete the dots, which is cool. I think that's probably, you know, what you intended there. And um, I thought you did a great job of that, just kind of, you know, leaving it like your, my mind was just going a million different places of like what this could have been grabbing it. Um, and man, I just also so I, I when I was reading your work and this will be a theme like throughout this, like I 
there were just little, as I would call them, bars, like little just phrases uh, that I thought you just used words beautifully. And I'm going to call them bars, and I'm kind of tongue-in-cheek because, like, I listen to hip-hop. But, like, like seriously, you have some bars in here, like some epic, like, one-liners, like some, some very quotable. And I'm going to shout those out as we go along. All um, right, and, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one of those was um, when you said the arrival of the next train and the departure of mucus. Like, that was just, like, such, like, a... I don't know. I loved that. Like to me, that was art. Like that was poetry right there. As I would call it, that was a bar. I love that. Um, and just, you did such a good job of just like creating that creepy vibe. So like, you know, you start the story off, this lady puts a knife on a purse and then she's getting on a train and then she feels somebody grab her. And then you, um, and you, in your mind, just like, oh, this isn't good, but you don't really know what's going on, but you know it's not good. It's creepy vibes. You do a great job of just, like, creepy vibes of just, like, putting you in the person's shoes. And then um, and then it becomes very clear what's happening. Um, mm -hmm. And it goes from being this very foreign concept of, like, you don't know really what the fuck's going on to then, you know, the very stark unfortunately familiar reality sets in of what's going on and it goes from being this completely abstract foreign thing that like unfortunately a very common like recognizable thing that's happening and what's happening is essentially so i'll do a little spoiler alert the um she has this creepy older boss who's uh, like probably an executive or whatever that works where in and and he's like essentially like sexually harassing her, like essentially sexually assaulting her, and um, and, and there's just this transition, like I said, where like the light gets turned on. Like I described mm -hmm. it, like you're like walking through a dark room. Like the first half of it, like I really wasn't sure what was going on, and then all of a sudden, like I said, the light switch gets turned on, and you're like, oh, I know exactly what this is, and um, and yeah, and so I thought, like I said, and especially me being a man you did a really good job of just like painting how like that would make somebody feel like, like me putting myself in her shoes essentially. And like, you made me feel uncomfortable. Like it, it, reading it made me super uncomfortable, good. but like, in, <laughs> no, in a good way, exactly. Like in the appropriate way, just like, that's not meant to be like a cuddly read, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and you accomplished that, you know, um, you know, to hit the nail on the head, I thought, um, but I'll let you kind of, you know, tell it from your perspective. But just as the reader, that's what I got out of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, that's great to hear. That's definitely all the things I would hope you'd get out of it. Um, I think I told you, I'm, I'm always hesitant to send this story to men. Um, because, you know, I, I, I haven't actually gotten um, a negative response. But there's definitely a like, oh, okay. Um, so it's, it's great to hear that you really got that, like the feeling of uncomfortableness and that you kind of leaned yeah. into it instead yeah. of like, you know, was... running away. Oh, totally. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, um, just like approached it with like empathy, you know, which I, mm -hmm. I, the older I get, the more I just stress empathy in my own life. And like, I really think it's like the cure all magic pill for the world. Like this evil yeah. world, like, like. If, I mean, nothing can be oversimplified, but if you gave me, like, one wish from a genie to solve the world, like, more empathy, I feel like, would go longer and, and check off more boxes than a lot of other things. So, like, I, like I said, when I read it, like, while I did, you know, while I did feel uncomfortable, like I said, I just tried to, like, approach it from, like, an 
empathy point of view. And um, I don't know, you know, I'm a real big fan of stand-up comedy. And um, one person I'm a fan of, really everything he does, but uh, his stand-up is music, but Donald Glover. I don't know, have you ever seen Donald Glover's stand-up? Oh, yeah. On Netflix? All right. Oh, yeah. Big fan. So, yeah, big fan. He's the fucking best. Um, me and Nina saw him in concert when he came to San Jose, like, before Shit. Corona, and it was amazing. We had a great seat. Like, it was so dope. But, yeah, I, I respect the fuck out of him. But um, on uh, his stand-up, it's kind of an older stand-up now, but uh, he's he has this little bit where he talks about, he's like, you know, like, yeah, like, as a man, I, I, and I'm going to butcher this, but, like, as a man, I never know what it's like to, like, be worried to step off my porch. Like, like somebody's going to, like, rate me and he talked about how like this girl was leaving his apartment and like you know she asked like to walk him i think or something and like he just he it, it just like he had this epiphany of like oh shit when women leave the house they have to like be on alert like when i leave the house i can be like half stoned and not paying attention and like you know walking to the store but like he i don't know he just talked about this he, he did a, a masterful job being that donald glover how smart he is he did a such a good job job of just describing that and it remind that's what i thought of when i read the the commute i like it reminded me of that donald glover stand-up skit of just how like it could like make people just realize you know the the what women go through and like i said we like it's uh i mean we all know somebody that's experienced that you know what i mean and like mm -hmm. And unfortunately, you know, for so many years, you know, that was kind of just like standard operating procedure in a lot of workplaces, you know, and I, you know, I, I, I like, I don't know, maybe I'm being idealistic by saying, you know, I think it's kind of somewhat, you know, the brakes are being pumped on that type of behavior, you know, there's always going to be creeps, but I feel like society's kind of, you know, correcting, maybe heading in the right direction on that type of tip. So uh, I'd say, yeah, head, heading in the right direction. Um, I don't know that we're there yet, but I definitely, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, sure. there's definitely not like overt, um, harassment in the workplace, like, you know, in like the fifties and stuff, but yeah. And I mean, I'm sure somewhere there is those, the fucked up thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's somebody, yeah, for sure. Like there's somebody out there that the commute is like their real life. Like, mm -hmm. like you know what I mean? Somebody out there is going to read that and relate to it. And that's what I think is dope too. Cause I think like, like, yeah, you know, sometimes not everything that written ever has to be, like, impactful. But, like, you know, writing something or reading something that, you know, you can maybe learn a thing or two from is, is I think, really dope and really powerful. And, like, uh, you know, I feel like when men read this, you know, like I said, it can just kind of either, A, wake them up or, B, maybe teach them some empathy or just, you know, it, 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 I think it's important that a lot of men can get something from it. And then, like I said, for that for that lady out there that reads this and like this is her real life. I mean, that's gotta you know be powerful to to you know take mm -hmm. in as well. So yeah, just I, I I that was like I said, I I was really impressed by that. I think you essentially accomplished what you set out to accomplish, and and I respect I respect that. I really do. Um, let me see here. Um, Oh, and then, then at the end, yeah. So I, I don't even, I, I, I don't even really get to the climax. So yeah. So then it, she, she gives this guy like way more warnings than anybody deserves ever, and um, and then she essentially like, it gets kind of crazy. She like, she like vomits like acid on him and like dissolves him, and, and kills him. But like. And I thought you did even a really good job or just like an interesting thing I wanted to point out how like 
she has this essentially ability to end this and like obliterate him at any given moment, right? Like essentially like she can like pull that trigger. But she like still tries so hard not to. And and I think that goes to show you know, the difficulty a lot of women in that position face. Because I think, you know, like, people on the outside, you'll hear people say, like, oh, you know, speak up or report it or, or I don't know. You hear that kind of rhetoric. And um, and, and I, I don't know. I Correct me if I'm wrong. You're the one that wrote it. But I think that maybe kind of symbolized that struggle of, like, it ain't, it's, it ain't always that easy to, you know, pull that trigger or ring the alarm. Or, 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 you know, speak up or I don't know. Yeah. That... Yeah, I definitely think, I mean, it, it's hard to speak up for sure. And, you know, I think, I think that goes for anyone in any kind of tough situation, you know, I mean, whatever it may be, even just talking to your boss or, or, you know, whatever dynamic it is, it's, it's tough to speak up, but I think it's especially hard um, when, you know, women in, in particular can get accused of like making a scene or like, you know, like ruining someone's life or something like that. So I think there's definitely like, it's kind of ingrained in us to, to handle it quietly. Um, and so I really wanted it to be like, it's building up inside of her and she's trying to hold it back. But at a certain point, there's just, you can't hold it back after, after yeah. enough of it. Yeah. I thought you said that, how you, how you, you worded it, trying to hold it back. That's what I found interesting. Cause I'll be real, me being kind of a hothead and like being a guy and kind of an alpha I'm just like, oh, fuck that. The first time this asshole touches me, I'm melting his ass to, to, to liquid. But it just shows the different perspective. And, 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 and I think it's good for people to understand that other perspective. And, um, and I do like how once, once she said, fuck it, it was a wrap. Everybody's going down. Uh, the, the ending reminded me, have you ever seen the movie Boondock Saints? No, I haven't. Oh, man, it's a really good movie. It has um, Norman Reedus, like the dude from, like, uh, Walking Dead. I don't know if you know him, but, uh, like, Daryl from Walking Dead. It's, like, mm -hmm. when he's younger. It's, like, these two Irish brothers, and they decide to, like, start just killing bad guys. Like, they're, they're vigilantes. And, like, there's this one point where – because they do it the first couple times on accident, and they're like, hey, you know, these guys kind of deserved what they had coming to them. And then they have this conversation and they're all drunk and they're like, we can kill everybody. And like, uh, I feel like that's like the decision that she made in her mind. That's what it reminded me of is that scene in Boondocks. And just for the listeners that have seen that movie and uh, I don't know, that that's what, uh, what it, she, cause she made this decision where so after she killed her boss who was like harassing her, she goes into like the board meeting and just fucks up like the whole board and, and melts them all. And like I said, I just appreciated that because it like, it went from like being a victim to like, you know, just on this war path. And, and I don't know. I like that. I appreciate that. I, I like stories that end that way as opposed to end being a victim. So, yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that one. That may have been my favorite out of, out of all the ones I read. Yeah, it was definitely the most polished. Um, that one is available uh, on my website. Um, if you go to com and then my purchase page, um, I've got a few things up there, um, and the commute is one of those. Um, Hit it so. up. It's worth it, y'all. It was a really good read. It was a really good read. Hit it up um, for sure. And, um, yeah, also, just, like, I wanted to kind of um, pause before we go into some of your other works, and I did want to just, like, you know, shout out your use of digital media, um, especially because when people hear the word author and they hear the word writing and writer, it just kind of 
intrinsically comes with like this old school connotation, right? Like, like it kind of, you, you think of like that old book smell or like a leather, like, I don't know. Uh, like it just, yeah. Like, like the, the, the white guy drinking scotch, like in a cabin in the woods. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shout out to that brother. But uh, yeah. Uh, he, so, but your use of kind of being like a, for lack of better terms, like 21st century author, I think is really dope. And I mean, it's, it's obviously necessary, but not everybody does a good job of it. And I just think you do a really good job of it. And like, that's the, that's the wave. Cause like, like, I don't know, like, I feel like there's a, probably naysayers out there that say like, it's kind of like a dying breed or, or like a lost art or, or what have you, you know, people say the same thing about baseball and shit and like, uh, and but you're just kind of modernizing. Like, I don't know, like the way you're going with the times and, and, and using social media and you have your own website, that's badass. Like that makes me feel like I'm slack and I need a dreadful talk.com. But, uh, but no, I just, like I said, I just, I really respect that. I, 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 I see it. I, I value it. And I just, like I said, I wanted to, I wanted to shout that out. Um, and then, then the next thing I wanted to talk about is, is your little nonfiction little piece. Um, mm -hmm. Called, called the switchback and I, the main reason i read that is because i'm personally i'm a nonfiction guy like like yeah. when i read i read nonfiction. like i i've been that way for a while now like um when i was a kid i read a bang load of fiction but um i i i almost i have to like be learning something when i read which you can learn from fiction mm -hmm. but i feel like it like I don't know. It makes me feel like I'm like being productive while I'm relaxing. I, cause I get, I get like anxiety if I'm just like feel too lazy, but I don't know. That's my own thing. It has nothing to do with fiction, but that's just like how my mind works. But so I read a lot of nonfiction. So then when I saw you have like a little nonfiction section, I was like hella stoked. Cause it's not that I didn't enjoy your fiction, but I just, as a, a general rule of thumb, I enjoy nonfiction. And then yeah, I sure. got to see that it was about like hiking and outdoors and I'm a, I'm just all about that as well. You've, you've been doing a lot of hiking out there in Colorado? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, more so uh, like the past summer because this summer they've, uh, there's a bunch of fires raging up in the mountains. So. Oh, over there too? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, I'm surrounded talking to a California by... guy about fires. But... Yeah, yeah, I'm surrounded by them right now on both sides. It's crazy. But uh, is, are y'all getting a bunch of smoke? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's cleared up, uh, like maybe the last few days, last week or so. Um, but before that, it was definitely I, I actually thought that I was like sick, because I was getting all gross um, from the smoke and just, yeah, yeah like, you, can, you can't go outside. It was it was bad. Me too. I've been going crazy because that's like the only thing left to do now, you know, in Corona world is just, you know, go fish and go hike and get outside, go for a run. Like that's really was some of my only releases. And then like, yeah, it's been super smoky here. I woke up the other day and I thought I was like in Mexico city or something. Like I was just like, it does the, I was like, this is a, a, a bad, this is a bad day here, but this might be a good day there. But yeah, the air quality has been terrible, but, yeah. uh, but yeah. Um, so once again, I told you I'm going to shout out your bars I like throughout this. And one of our one of my favorite bars from um, the switchback was Rage Against Our Own Limitations. I love that. I love that so much. You use that phrase, rage, rage against our own limitations. And, oh, man, did that resonate with me. And I just think that's so, like, like I feel like that's some shit to li like live by, like, rage against – because – I've, I've, I've kind of seen in my experience in life that when it comes to that one kind of subject, 
you either rage against it, as you said, or you like succumb to it. Like there's mm -hmm. not really a middle ground. Yeah, and, for sure. And, yeah, and, and, and everybody's um, limitation is different. But it, whatever that is, I do feel like it's important to rage against it. And like I said, I just, I really, really loved like that verbiage, that diction. Like I just loved, I loved how you dropped that as I would call it a bar. Like I loved that so much. Like, like I damn near want to like get that tatted. Like that, that shit is badass. But yeah, rage against their own limitations. Like I really feel like anybody out there watching this, like that's some shit to take away. Like if you have to take away like one sentence from this podcast, like I want it to be that. Like rage against our own limitations. Cause like, like I said, you either, it's like sink or swim. I feel like you either rage yeah. against it or you succumb to it. And everybody's battle looks different and everybody's limitation is different. But like whatever it is, as long as you fight in the good fight, you know what I mean? I, I really do feel like, you know what I'm saying? We can kind of come out on the right side of it, which is exactly what essentially the me the moral of this story is. It it talks about your fear of heights and, and, mm -hmm. and it's nonfiction. So I take it like you really are afraid of heights or Petrified, have yeah. <laughs> struggled with that. Yeah. And like, as you said, you moved to Colorado, which is known for heights and mountains and cliffs. Um, yeah. I and, thought that I thought that I would like hike enough to get over it, but that has not happened. So, you know, what? I, I never like straight up said I was scared of heights, but like, I think I low key am like, like, but it's like conditional, like, like planes, I do good on planes. I mean, I definitely don't love it, but I do all right. Like, I don't, like, sketch out. But, uh, you know, one of my biggest fears, and, like, Nina cracks up, but uh, Ferris wheels. I hate Ferris wheels because mm -hmm. you're just going around so slow and you get, like, stuck up there. So it's not, like, all heights, but, like, certain things. And, like, I, I, everybody says, like, oh, bro, let's go skydiving. I want to go skydiving. Fuck that. I mm -mm. I have zero desire to go skydiving. Like Nina's been trying to talk me into it. Like, fuck that. I'll be waiting for you at the bottom. Like, I have yeah, zero, like, take right. pictures of you falling down. <laughs> so so I don't know if that makes me afraid of heights, but there's like certain little things. Like I don't want to jump out of a plane, and I don't like Ferris wheels. So I don't know whatever that means. But uh, but yeah. So you you know you start off and you're and you're gonna um. We actually kind of just will you kind of dive into that a little more? Just talk about how you know that you took the different route and it was kind of walking up the side of a hill. Or go ahead. Yeah. So basically, um, it's this uh, park um, called Three Sisters um, that's up in uh, Evergreen, Colorado, uh, about forty-five minutes from Denver. And so I went up with uh, my brother and my partner, um, and I had my dog Henry with me, um, and. So uh, my partner likes to climb and stuff, and I, I don't, obviously, fear of heights. Um, and my brother does as well. So the two of them decided to uh, take this different hiking path where they were going to climb over some rocks. And I was going to go around and meet them on the other side. Um, and basically what happened was uh, I had done that route before. And so I, I knew that it, I could do it, um, but without, like, people with me, with just me and my dog, I got a lot more scared. Yeah. Um, and so I reached this part, uh, a switchback, which is the name of the piece, where it just it just kind of zigzags up, um, yeah. kind of the side of the mountain. It's it's not steep. It's really not. <laughs> um, it's not scary. It's not that bad. But it was freaking me out. Um, and so I kind of uh, was at the base of it, and I was like, all right, my brother, my big brother, is gonna like make fun of me so bad if I can't get through this and meet him on the other side and he has to come re rescue me. So I've got to get up here. So I actually, um, 
I leaned down and I said to my dog, he's a big dog um, and he pulls a lot. So I said, pull me up and like, you, you go, I go, we're just going to run up this and not look down and we'll stop when we get to the top. And, you know, I, I don't know if he understood me. I like to think he did because um, he just I took know, off. Dogs be understanding for real. They do. They, they do. do. He just, he took off and I grabbed on and I just ran up after him. And I got to the top <laughs> uh, and I looked down and it was, it was like one of the most beautiful sights I've ever seen in my entire life. Nice. It was one of those like the moments where you can just like feel like, I know you're not religious, but kind of spiritual. I'm, I'm the same way. Oh, um, but that nature, I feel like if I was to worship something, it would be nature. Like yeah. for real, like nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that feeling. And like, I don't know. I, I say this all the time. I won't speak for you, but like being from Oklahoma, which if people don't know, Oklahoma is one of the flattest places literally ever. And like, so like, I swear the hills hit me like double hard, like, like hills, mountains, like, that shit blows my mind every mm -hmm. single time. Like people, you know, that are from around here, you know, I feel like, I mean, they love it too, but just being from Oklahoma, like I swear that shit like hits me like double hard. So yeah, I love that. Um, I love another little bar you dropped in there. You, at that point you wrote, um, there was a point where there was no not doing it. I, and and the, you said, no, not make it. And um, I know probably on a grammar level, probably not your, your most, you know, favorite moment, but like I, that resonated with me because I actually, not that long ago when I was just in Tahoe a few weeks back when we got married, um, I had hiked down to this fishing spot and like climbed some rocks to like get down. And it was one of those things on the way down, you don't think twice about it. Mm -hmm. But then I, there in a point when I was leaving where I was like, oh shit, am I going to be able to get out of here? And there was, like, this pretty extreme kind of, like, little rock climbing situation that I had to do. And I'm not, like, really experienced at that. But it was exactly what you said. There was no not making it. Like, there, like, there was no not making it. Like, it just – and that, I think it's important for people to kind of tap into that. I think that's a, a thing that a lot of people are, like, scared to tap into. Mm -hmm. and, and just our modern convenience life doesn't lend us many opportunities to tap into that. That's why I really personally love getting out into nature so much. It kind of checks you. And, um, and yeah, just, just that whole no, not making it like you have to do this. Like you just, just go balls out, like leave nothing, nothing in the tank because you know, if, if there's no, not making it, like I just, I love that verbiage and it just resonated with me. I, I love that little bar. Um, and also you talk about, you do a great job describing the smell of mountain air. And like, that's something else I didn't understand, like until I moved out here. Um, because like, you know, you always see that shit like on like fucking laundry detergent and shit like mountain fresh. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck does that mean? That's some bullshit. But no, like mountain air has a real smell or maybe it it's a lack of smells or mm -hmm. whatever the fuck it is. But that pine needle fresh air smell is the shit and people need to get out in the mountains more. PSA. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like I like that one a lot. Like I said, for those for those reasons that I mentioned, I love the nonfiction. I love the overall message of kind of so like and I and I got this from from Joe Rogan, who I look up to. But uh, he has this phrase, and I think he got it from somebody else. Who gives a shit where it came from? But it just says like it's saying the same thing in like a more vulgar way. It's a conquer your inner bitch. Like the most the most toughest, most badass people we all know. We all have an inner bitch. 
<laughs> like like everybody has an inner bitch, that lazy motherfucker that tells you to, you know, not to do something or how inconvenient it'll be or how sore you are, how much you don't want to do it. That little procrastinating, lazy little bitch in all of us. And, and, and it just, you got, we got to conquer that inner bitch and just, and it's important every single day you got to like do shit that you don't want to do and, you know, or just occasionally push your comfort zone, that type of thing. So yeah, I just love that, that whole, there's no not doing it and just overcoming and pushing yourself to that uncomfortable point. It's just invaluable. More people need to do it more often for sure. Um, and then, um, man, and I'm going to have more questions about this next one. This next one was trippy. I, um, um, sand. Yeah. Sand was the next one. Um, yeah. So the so switchback and sand are both, um, on my site as well. Um, they are free, um, unlike the commute. So that's megangiselle.com slash work, um, where you can find that free shit. Hit it up. It's good shit. It really is. And the website's super easy to navigate, very user-friendly. So, so definitely I hit up that website, everybody. Um, but, yeah, so, like, you, you start off with just, like, this gnarly description of just, like, um, just dryness, sand, chopped lips. And it, it does. It, may, it makes it, like, I swear I started, like, licking my lips when I was reading it. It's just, like, it puts you right in it. You do a great job with the descriptions. Um and, and man, and I wanted to ask you this because, like, when I when I when I finished reading it, my first thought to myself was 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 this a poem or was this a short story? Um, like this one seemed like very poetic and like abstract to me, and just um, like I I I kind of read it as a poem. Like maybe that's my background, like you know, being a rapper. I like writing poetry myself, but uh. I don't know. I, I, I read it kind of as a poem and I loved it, but I don't know if that was like your intention or, or um, but yeah, I'll just kind of talk a little more about sand. Yeah, um, that's really cool. Um, I, I definitely, so I wrote it um, because I was, uh, I was about to launch my website and I needed to generate some content for it. Um, and I wanted to do something that was really based on the five senses um, because that's a big thing that I talk about in my blog and I will continue to talk about because it's just like a huge part of writing yeah. um, that you have to tap into those five. And that's how you get those things like like you could feel the tapped lips like, yeah, that's, yeah. you know, you got to use use all five. Um, and so and I think it was like the English major in me that enjoyed that so much because I know how hard that is. That's like one of those things that's easier said than done. Like for real, like yeah. people out there like. Like once again, I think it's an underrated skill. Like, like, because um, everybody's like, "Oh, of course, you know, you got to be descriptive." But there's just levels to that. Like everything else, there's levels to it. And I, like I said, you put me. Multiple things are you've written have put me just in the person's shoes. And like, and I'm about to pay you essentially the highest compliment I can pay an author because this is the only way I can like even read some shit. Like if I if an author is incapable of making me do this, I can't read their work. And it's like that whole movie in your head thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, like when, when I'm reading something, if it doesn't make that movie real start playing, like I'll give something like two or three chapters maybe. But if that movie reel don't start spinning. You're more I, generous I, than me. I only give yeah. like a page or two. And if, if I can't feel it and see it and I'm not there, then yeah, I'm not going to keep going. Yeah, yeah. No, seriously. And that's what I hated so much about being an English major was because I – you would you would have to read some shit and you like didn't get that choice. So it's like it's like goddamn pulling teeth reading some shit that doesn't make the wheel spin oh, like man. for me. It, it, it like 
what I always say is like when I'm reading something and I forget that I'm looking at letters on a page, like there's this disconnect where my eyes are looking at letters on a page, but that's not what I'm seeing. And, 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 and but like if, if I become aware that I'm looking at letters on a page, I want to fucking pull my hair out. Like, seriously, like, I don't know. So I so said, that's like pretty much the highest compliment I can pay an author. And, and I'm not just saying that like, like you legit, made my movie real spin and I was able to, you know, put myself in the shoes and kind of the commute. I, I really took into like a first person lens. Like my, I was in the, I was the, in the woman's shoes. Like when I was reading that, like I was viewing like out her eyes and then like, I mean, and like I said, in the sandpaper, you kind of accomplish, or not the sandpaper, sand, you accomplished the same thing. Uh, like I said, how I, my lips felt chapped. So yeah, just, Kudos to you on just nailing that. Like I said, I feel like that's easier said than done. And, and, and yeah, as somebody who, you know, has, has dipped my toe in the riding pool a little bit, you know, I know, you know, how hard that can be. And, and you, you do a great job of that. Um, but, um, next, I believe um, Glass World is something that you were talking about. You're thinking about maybe doing something else with. So I, I want you to kind of definitely – be able to no, I didn't want to get cut off for that one and I want to be able to you know go more in depth on that one um so yeah um yeah you the the fourth piece is called the glass world and um I thought you did a great job this is so I already gave you the first best compliment I can give an author the second best compliment I can give is the ability to um create a world like I feel like all of the best authors are able to create worlds like um you know like you know just the greats, you know, the, the Harry Potters, the Lord of the Rings is, you know, like the, um, just the ability to create a universe, the Marvel universe, you know, like it's just, cause it's real easy to like poke holes in that type of shit and like have cracks in the foundation. But like, that's, what's always impressed me about like all the star Wars shit, like how they're able to kind of like just fill in the story to make it kind mm -hmm. of all work. And uh, so needless to say, I thought you did a good job of that on glass world, just creating a world. And uh, so that's why, that's why I say that. I thought you, I thought you were able to create a world and that's not um, easy to do. Um, so actually on this one, if you don't mind, I would like for you to kind of break down the, the little short story itself. And then I kind of want to talk about what I got out of it as a reader. Okay. So I'll kind of turn it over to you. Yeah. Um, so this one, um, it actually, I, I created a writing prompt, um, which is on my blog, um, to kind of create a setting um, and then create a character that fits into that setting. And I kind of talk oh. about in that post, um, uh, in some of my previous posts, I mean, um, you know, like the, the ways you can do that and how, like, in order to create that, like, authentic, believable world, I really think the biggest thing is just you have to have rules. There have to be physics and laws. They don't have to be the same ones that we have here on yeah. in our world. But that's that's how you do that is you have to, you know, whatever those laws are, they have to stay consistent. And if you've got yeah. that, then then people will happily believe that you're living in a world made of glass. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, you got to set parameters. They don't have to be the same parameters. But as long as you work within those walls, that shit will mess that's cool I'll, I'll be real like i said that's always been one of the great mysteries to me like i honestly sucked at that when i was writing like just that world creation that because i was real good at like dialogue that like when i was writing mm -hmm. 
which duh, I, I like to talk so that makes perfect fucking sense but that, I, that's tough for a lot of people being able to sound authentic and not like you're writing yeah um, that was what i was good at and like that's what i would set out to do so like I, I when i was writing something i'd be like i don't want this to shit to sound like fucking storybook time like i'll like i'll be real like and it may be because of how i said the movie real like metaphor i was talking about earlier but like um when i was writing i kind of like approached it more like a movie script like i like like i was like i just always kind of took more of that approach but that because that worked in my brain but like I said, sorry, I, I wasn't good at the ability to create worlds, but I thought um, I thought you did a phenomenal job of that. But yeah, I'll let you kind of keep going. So yeah, there's like a, a a world where people and things are made out of glass, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's basically, um, you know, to be honest, um, since then I have uh, I, I've kind of turned this into a bigger project. So I yeah yeah. Some of the things that I say might not actually have happened in the story that's up on the site. They might be things that um, I've changed now. So, no, uh, but cool, basically, yeah, the, the idea is that it's um, a world where everything is made of glass, the people, um, the buildings, the streets, everything. And um, I believe in that piece, there's a, a rumor that there's a large glass dome um, that sort of covers the the town in uh in in the piece as it is now everyone knows that there is a roof um but i believe in the one on the site it's kind of a rumor and the main like character yeah yeah but the main character how... has this this drive to discover whether or not it's real yes yes and i just i think that's i think that's how it really goes down right everything like, starts off as a conspiracy theory and then it gets proven true like 40 years later like we saw it in Oklahoma with like the fracking earthquakes. Like, remember at mm -hmm. first they were like, "Oh, you fucking hippies, shut up!" This, this is a conspiracy theory, and then it like got proven true. So, I, I actually kind of like that. That's how the story happened because that's how it happens in real life. Shit starts off as a conspiracy theory, and then time proves it true. So, actually, that that even makes the world more believable in my eyes. But, um, but yeah, so it, exactly. So it's just like this short story is kind of like you said, laying the framework for that world, glass world. And like you said, you're going to kind of elaborate on that and, and, and take that, flush it out, make, take it further. And I, I think that's a good one to do that with precisely because you like how I said a second ago, you did a good job of establishing those parameters. So now you can go, you know, fill in within those, within those parameters. So I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, what comes next with that and this, also like kudos to you to, for like thinking big and you know not like resting on your laurels and just because i've actually done that before um like back when i was like making more music like i i would always be in such a rush to release shit and such a rush to finish shit because i loved it so much in the moment and i was just like riding that wave and i'm like people need to hear this and then like but then i'll like hear it maybe like three months, four months later and been like, oh, I could just critiquing all, Yeah, all the little things. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I definitely uh, am the opposite of that. I am someone who will edit something to death. <laughs> um, Good, though. That's just... what makes you legit, though. That's what separates you from my fucking wheeling and dealing ass. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, 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 you can tell. You really can tell, like, you're um, – it just comes across as professional when you're reading it. Like, like I don't feel like I'm like, you know, just reading like just some random person that happened to, you know, pick up a, you know, a, a laptop. I feel like I'm reading like 
legit ass work by a legit ass author. And so, yeah, you just, it's just, it, it's legit. I like, I like what you're doing. I definitely support it. Um, and like I said, so yeah, now I kind of want to talk about, cause there's like 0% chance that all that glass, that that's not like, I mean, that has to be metaphorical, right? Like there, there has to be all types of shit that that symbolizes, or at least what I took out of it. I took two things out of it. I took just like on surface level, how everything was made out of glass, just like how fragile society is and like how, like, you know what I mean? It just even the old school saying, like, don't throw stones out of your glass house. Uh, like uh, just, and, and I think the pandemic has kind of exposed that in a lot of places, mm -hmm. just like how fragile society is and, you know, how long does it take to fight your neighbor over toilet paper and, you know, um, you know, how just, you know, first just, I mean, I don't know if it's like this where you, where you live, but like where I live out here in Cali, just like homeless encampments are just like growing by the day. And just mm -hmm. like, you, you see how you just see how fragile it is just kind of on that, like the Batman dark night, like just like the Joker was like, you know, how he's like, they'll turn on each other in the slightest, uh, uh, you know, yeah. given the chance. So I don't know. I kind of took a little bit of that maybe because that's what I've been thinking of a lot about lately. So that's probably my like predisposed like like lens that I viewed it through. But like I definitely kind of took some of that out of like the class, the glass society. Like our society is a glass society in more ways than one. And then also just the um the obvious like or literal in your case, uh, the glass ceiling. And the glass ceiling, you know, we, we've all heard the kind of term, you know, it's, it's been applied to, you know, minorities in the workplace, women in the workplace, um, just the whole American dream, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, like the climb the ladder, like people say there's a glass ceiling on that ladder. Like, so I think it's just like impossible, at least it was impossible for me to read this without kind of like, you know, reading into that as like, just, just reading more into that, that was, was either of those things your intention or was I just high when I read this and just, you know, put words in your mouth? Um, I can't say I did that intentionally. Um, but, you know, I think a couple of things, I think, first of all, like, you know, literature is what we make of it. You know, there's yeah. no, there's no right or wrong. That used to be something I hated uh, in English classes, yeah, um, yeah, was preach. like, the, there's like, there's one right answer. No, there's not. There's not one right answer. There's not one thing the author meant when they wrote something like, you know, you got those things out of it. So those things were there, like whether I intended them to be or not, like you picked up on it. It's something that like, like I live with every day. So whether like, I might not have consciously put it there, but you know, it, that doesn't mean it's not there. Yeah, that's the cool thing about art, right? Just the subjectivity of it all. And it does different things for different people, for sure, for sure. Uh, and that's what writing is. It's definitely an art form, without a doubt. Um, but yeah, oh my God, in college. So you also got to think about me in college, right? So um, I was uh, playing football at Oklahoma Baptist University, like the most Ooh. probably conservative, you know, type of place you, that you can really be especially for a college and um and just I come from just a different like socioeconomic background like like there's certain like if I would have been like a kinesiology major there would have been other football players other people of color in my classes but me choosing to be an English major there wasn't like hardly any athletes any people of color in my classes at my particular school it's a small school there's like 3,000 students at the school it's in Shawnee, Oklahoma. So like, you can just imagine. And, uh, and so just 
so much i'm a real big like uh nurture over nature type of person like i really strongly believe in like people's experiences kind of shape who we are um mm -hmm. more so just people being born intrinsically this or intrinsically that i think our experiences shape our perspective and just our, our self-image and so many things but uh what I say that to say that, like, so me being in a group, a, a class of 20, 30 kids that grew up nothing like I grew up, um, you know, these just Bible thumper kids from, like, tiny little, like, home schools and Christian schools and church schools. And, like, so, of course, they would, like, read something and get completely something different out of it than what I got out of it. Just we all have lenses that we wear when we read things, you know, and just, so I just, I don't know, that resonated with me. How you said that drove you nuts. That just, oh my God. I was like, preach sister. Cause like, man, seriously, like, I, and then they would try to tell me I was wrong, but like, well, you can't really be wrong when interpreting oh, fiction. all the time, all like, the like, time. Like I can be wrong in chemistry and biology and math, but I don't really feel like I can be wrong on like a read a paragraph and tell me what you got out of it. Like, how are you wrong? Right. Yeah. I mean, like you might have, you know, may if you like misunderstood everything, maybe you could be wrong, but it's, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen a case where someone was like wrong about something they got out of literature. I, I remember one time actually in senior year of high school, um, I won't, I won't name the teacher's names, but uh, my teacher was out um, for the day and we had the other teacher subbing in um, who did not teach AP English. And, uh, when, when I gave a, a, an analysis of something, she was just, she just stared at me blankly. And I was like, all right, then cool. Like this is not teaching kids to love reading at all. Oh man. Like, well, so like, I always, you see all the numbers, like on the TV screen, like they'll be like, oh, Oklahoma has like the 46th ranked schools in the nation. And like, Oklahoma is known for having like real shitty schools, but like, I never really understood what that meant. And then like, I get out here and like, I'm in the Bay Area who has like some of the best public schools and, um, or at least San Jose, I won't speak for the whole Bay Area, but San Jose has really good public schools and like, they even do weird stuff out here where it's not even like by district where you live. It's like, there's like an arts high school and a technology high school. And like, you can like pick like which high school you go to, but um, they like just seeing like the type of shit my little cousins were doing when they were 16 and 17 compared to the shit that I was doing. Like, I'm just like, Oh, that's what they meant by shitty schools. I'm like, Oh, you guys' textbooks had covers on them. Bet. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> But and I'm I'm the biggest hypocrite though because I always tell people and it sounds like it sounds like I'm doing like a freaking like Bill Ingvall like redneck comedy joke but it's like my real life how like our textbooks would be like from like the early '90s but all we had a brand new weight room and brand new football uniforms and like the the, the same helmets they used in the NFL and and so I'm I'm the biggest hypocrite because I benefited the fuck out of that shit. But looking back on it, like in retrospect, I'm like, oh, damn, priorities probably not necessarily all in the right place. But like I said, I benefited from it. And I know a lot of people that it did benefit from. It is just kind of a select few kids that do get a benefit from it, unfortunately. But uh, but yeah, I tell people because out here it's the exact opposite. Like a lot of high schools don't even have football teams and shit, but they'll have like, you know, like 
Broadway caliber, like, you know, stage equipment. And you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's just like, it's just different. And what you'd expect that, I mean, Oklahoma versus the Bay Area, I mean, very different cultures. And like I said, me being a football player and somebody who sports benefited my life greatly, you know, like I'm not necessarily complaining, but, you know, I definitely see the, like, you know, the flaws in, in, in that uh, for sure, for sure. But yeah, um, so now I just kind of got some like basic questions that like, I don't know, I feel like I would, I've always wanted to like ask about authors and maybe people listening or like, because like I said, the author is just not something you hear as like a job description nowadays. Like, yeah. like you know what I'm saying? Which I think is super dope. But one of the main reasons I wanted to like have you on here. And so like, I just kind of want to have like an ask an author type of moment here and just ask, fire off a couple questions, you know, just feel free to, you know, get as in depth as you want. No, no big deal. Feel free to skip a question if you want. Um, but just start off super basic. Like, you know, have you always wanted to be an author or was there a moment when you were older or like, just kind of like, yeah, just how, how, how long have you wanted to be an author? Was it always something you wanted to do since you were a little kid? Kind of talk about that. Um, yeah, so for me, um, I'm super lucky because, yeah, I've, I've known since the day I was born that I wanted to be a writer. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I have, there's this old notebook of mine um, that it's like red and it has the Rugrats characters on it. Um, and when you open it, it just has, here, I have like a pen and stuff. It just has like this kind of thing on it. Um, okay. That's it, you know, just scribbles. Yeah, but I, but... I like distinctly remember, you know, sitting there as like a, you know, two, three-year-old who didn't know letters at all. But once I, as soon as I could hold a pen and as soon as I could like, you know, move yeah, it across like, paper, I was doing that. Like you weren't drawing, you weren't coloring, you were writing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was in, it was in even lines. I remember telling myself stories and like that, that the scribbles had meaning to me when I was, when I was a kid. So of course they did. Yeah, no, I firmly believe that language is super weird. Like if you don't think kids have their own language, you're tripping. That's why mm -hmm. I think it's people and think that like, it's crazy to think that dogs understand this, like just repetition over time. It's, it's like people can communicate with other languages. They don't speak super easily. So I just, refused yeah. To, like, yeah. So I think it but, goes back to that, that empathy thing you were talking about, you know, like people just, people can connect emotionally and you don't really need words or or you know you don't need the ability like dogs can't talk but we can understand dogs and that's all about like the emotional connection there so yo yeah definitely without a doubt no that's super dope i man the older i get and man i done fucking worked a couple of years in a cubicle and i didn't fucking you know did this job and did that job and i just man it made me appreciate the people that are really just chasing their dream and just uh, like my boy Rodney's down in LA pursuing the acting and modeling and music. You know, seeing you pursue your writing, you know, me pursuing my podcast. And mm -hmm. like, like, man, I, one thing I want people to learn is like for years and years and years, pursuing your craft was considered like radical or risky or, you know, not the safe option. But how did that safe job do y'all when the pandemic hit? I know I was laid off. I'm not taking speaking that from like a high horse or like a soapbox. I'm saying like dead ass, like that secure job becomes not that secure real fucking fast, like through no fault of your own or sometimes through a fault of your own. Who hasn't fucked up? I'm not perfect. I've, I tend to have a problem with cussing out managers. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so it's like, it's just, I don't know, just that 
everybody says it's so wild or so radical to pursue like a non-traditional job or dream. And I mean, everybody's got bills to pay. Everybody's got bills to pay. Yeah. But like, I don't know, just the older I get, like I said, I've swung and missed on like, I've changed career fields like six fucking times. I've done like every fucking thing. I'm like, uh, I'm like, uh, oh man, who wrote Huckleberry Finn? Mark Twain. Yeah, no, that, was that right? Oh my god! I think, I I think so. Right. Or maybe, maybe we can just bro science it and both act like it's true, and then it becomes true. That's how podcasts work. Uh, okay, but, yeah, uh, yeah, it was Mark Twain for sure. Yeah, but Mark Twain is actually who I was thinking of, regardless if I was wrong or not, because he did like every job under the sun, and like I swear that's been me. So like just traveling the path I've traveled, it's just like man, them them boring ass jobs that you think are like secure or wise or whatever. I, this pandemic, I think, showed people, you know, just how, you know, shaky that ground really is. Mm-hmm. You think you, you think that's the safe option, but how safe is it? And, like, I mean, I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me about wanting to start their own podcast now that the pandemic hit. Or, like, uh, or just, you know, oh, I'm going to, like, le- pursue my music more. Or, I always wanted to do this. Or I always wanted to do that. And, man, I just... I love seeing it, and like I said, that goes to show how you say you always wanted to be an author since you were a little kid. That's just beautiful to me. I love seeing people do what the fuck that they feel like they need to be doing with their lives and not letting, like, the outside noise kind of dictate that. Um, And that kind of um, transitions perfectly to question number two, which is, like, have you had a lot of people in your ear kind of telling you like oh you know like that's not going to pay the bills or or you know that's that's a hobby that's not a a career or like have you had the naysayers or yeah 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 right oh so much yeah um I I remember so my my grandparents throw these really elaborate Christmas parties um uh they used to before my grandma passed away last year um but I I remember like again like as a kid right I was probably I don't know, 12, 13, like right at that really formative age. Um, and people are asking, what are you going to be when you grow up? And I'd always say, I'm going to be a writer. And yeah, just this constant, okay, but what are you, what are you really going to do? Like, that's a great hobby. I'm glad you're interested in that. But what are you really going to do? That's so I'm, I'm going to write. Like, that's what I'm going to do. And right now, you know, I'm, I'm really lucky I got to keep my job. Um, I work at a bank. Um, I really like the bank that I work at. Uh, got a problem with banks as an institution but uh the one I work at the the people that I'm uh my coworkers are amazing they're great people uh and so I'm I'm incredibly lucky in that but that's not like that's that's just to pay the bills like I yeah I write. Exactly, that's what I do exactly get your money exactly nothing wrong with that especially the fact that you don't hate it I I, I would love I would settle for a job that I don't hate like I literally hate every fucking job like I it's I all just, about the people it's all about the people for real it is it is and people ain't cut like me like uh like I don't know like I'm not like weaselly or snaky at all like I'm I get like people hate how like blunt I am like it's Cali out here people can get mad at this if they want to the Bay Area is all about like that fake shit that phony shit that 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 condescending shit that passive aggressive shit that, oh, I'm going to be nice and say shit that I think you're too stupid to pick up on. And I'm just sitting here like, yo, that's disrespectful as fuck, dog. I'm not stupid. And like, uh, but so like people out here, I've clashed with a lot of people over just like my bluntness, like my kind of call it as I see it But you know what? I would never like 
sacrifice that, especially not for no hourly paying job. You know right. what I'm saying? So uh, I just, I, 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 and that's another thing jobs hate about me is like, I, 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 I like, I know what that shit is. Like, like they be trying to be like, oh, buy into the this and that family. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, dog. Like, if I, if y'all weren't paying me, I wouldn't be here. Like, let's just, I don't know. I just don't be on that corny shit. And like, especially me, because like I've been part of real teams that like bled and you know sweated mm-hmm. and cried together. So I'm like, y'all can use that fucking word team as much as y'all want. This ain't no fucking team. Like, but yeah, family is the one that really kills me. Oh it's like God. you're not my family. You're my coworkers. Like, yeah. I'm not. You shouldn't be my family. That's not. <laughs> That's not what I want here. No, for real. So before I go any further in like making myself permanently unhirable, um, I am going to go ahead and keep it pushing. And um, so I want to say I feel like there's this, this interesting like dynamic of being a writer right now in 2020 when there's like we discussed earlier with social media, there's probably never been an easier time to like disseminate your work and like promote yourself and like not rely on the machine. Uh, However, it all happens. It also happens to coincide with probably like the lowest book readership in the past thousand years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so like, I just, I don't know. Like, I just kind of want to like touch on that, like kind of your thoughts. Like, like, I think the, um, I think you're doing a great job. Like I mentioned earlier, doing the digital thing. And I think that's like a good, great solution to that problem. But yeah, have you kind of encountered that, that, just not as many people read maybe as used to. I mean, because I'll be real. I've experienced that with podcasting because, like, I love podcasts. And, like, I've realized, like, oh, yeah, not everybody spends all day fucking watching podcasts. So it's like, like, have you, have you, have you encountered that at all? Um, yeah, I don't know if I've really, um, like, like met anyone uh, who, who has that, who's, like, you know, made me face that. But uh, I definitely – it's definitely something I think about um, – you know, and that's that's kind of why, like, on my website, I have, like, a blog, and I have some free things, because I know, like, people are also really busy. Like, I think we're also, like, busier than ever in addition to being, um, you know, having shorter attention spans, and so I think uh, having those, like, little short things that you can read in, like, two yeah. or three minutes, you yeah. know, while you're taking a bathroom break, or you're you know, on your commute to work or whatever it is. Um, not if you're driving, don't, don't read it if you're driving, um, you know, then I guess my hope is that when people read those short things, if they like them, they would want to read more. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so no. that's kind I, of what, what my hope is. Yeah, no, I, I like what you're doing. And I think that, like I said, is geared for like the modern person, like, for better or worse. And man, how many people in this fucking society could benefit from just reading something for fucking three minutes? And like, everybody wants to use the phrase, put down your phone. You don't even have to put down your phone. You can just use your phone to like, you know what I'm saying? In a beneficial way. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Which is why, like I said, once again, kudos on like your digital, you know, marketing and just availability and just transitioning to the modern world. Uh, which actually leads me to your, your my next question, um, and really, I guess, request slash recommendation. I think you should totally like do like little like audio versions of it and like put it up there too. Yeah. What do you, what do you think I've, about I've that? I thought about it. Um, I don't know. I guess I didn't think people would really be interested in that. <laughs> I think uh, honestly, I think that's the way. That's I think that's the move. If I, I mean, I don't know shit, but like. Uh, 
I don't know. Like the people, because this is what I've learned people do nowadays. Because like saying that you read a lot is like a, it's like a flex. It's like a like oh I read a lot. But I've learned that like in 2020, when people say they read a lot, they listen to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. That's what they mean. These yeah. motherfuckers ain't licking their finger and turning a page. These, these high horse riding motherfuckers that talk about reading a lot. These motherfuckers, I mean, they're reading or not really. They're, they're audio booking. I swear I've had that conversation with a few people. Uh, so I don't know. And especially just like I know how easy it is to just like record some audio and like mm-hmm. it's, it's real it's real short. Like, I mean, if, if it was a 300 page novel, I wouldn't necessarily tell you to like do your own audio book. But for your short stories, I think it would be like hella perfect. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I think, I think it would be engaging for like the modern, the modern consumer, you know? Um, well, that's kind of like the push I was waiting for. So hell maybe yeah. I'll have to get on that. Yeah. Cause yeah, like I said, I, I was thinking about it. I just was like, you know, who would, cause people do, they, they want, you know, I've got a long commute. I want to listen to a long book. So why would they want to listen to a short story? But um, I mean, I don't know. I, I think people maybe don't have as much time, you know, as they think, or like if they are listening to those long books, they're probably listening to it 20 minutes at a time anyway, right. or whatever, you know, it's not like they're banging out four hours or I don't fucking know what people do, but like, I don't know. It seems like an interesting thing, maybe an idea to kick the tires on for sure. I think it would be dope. Um, yeah, I, I personally, like, I suck at audiobooks because, like, you know, like, remember we were in school and you would, like, take those tests, like, are you a visual learner, a hands-on learner, an audio learner? My audio was always last. Like, if somebody... Same. That's why I suck at talking on the phone, but FaceTime and I can do all day. Like, my audio shit, I suck at it, but people out there like it. But uh, me, myself, I just get so distracted so easily. Like, I can't do the audio. Yeah, I need the, the visual engagement. Yeah, I need to, like, read things to, yeah, for sure. No doubt, no doubt. Um, so, like, do you have, do you know other authors? Like, do you have, like, a network of authors? Or, like, is it just so rare nowadays that, like, you're just, like, the lone, lone wolf in it out there? Um, there's a community for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm still pretty new um, to all of it. You know, I, I launched my site on July 1st. Um, so it's been two months. Yeah, two months now. Um, and... I'm not, not, I'm like getting into the, the social media aspect of it. Um, cause you know, I think that that's what works. That's what people are interested in. Um, but in my personal life, I don't really use social media that much. I use like Facebook and that's about it. Um, so I'm that's kind healthy. of, I'm kind of learning, um, as I go. So there's, there's a community out there and I'm starting to find them. And it's more that like, I just don't really, I'm still learning what I'm doing. Um, but I know that they're there and I've, I found a few people in the last couple of days and I'm definitely, um, starting to, to build that network. Cause I think that's critical too. Yeah, that's critical. It's also a balance because like, you know, that they say opinions are like assholes, you know, everybody has one, uh, seriously, like, so because I, I'm, I'm part of a few different communities. I'm part of like, a, you know, some cannabis growing communities. I collect sports cards doing the podcasting and just, you know, everybody's a fucking genius. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, mm-hmm. everybody has all the answers, you know, uh, everybody, you know, is Mr. Advice Giver McGee. So everyone's I, a writer too. So, so it's, it's, it's definitely a balance. I say some is better than none, but there can definitely be like a diminishing return. Like just on, it becomes white noise. Just too many people, you know, 
and, mm-hmm. and just but but I I just I don't know I was interested because I know there's writers out there but yeah just I don't I, and I know writers can sometimes not be the most like social people or whatever so it's like it may make that dynamic even that much more interesting for sure um yeah because I think it's kind of an inherently like secret and solitary process you know like yeah. you're not really uh involving a lot of you know I don't even let people read my stuff until I've I've gone through it a few times and I feel comfortable sharing it so yeah it's definitely harder to find a community when you're all a bunch of like introverts introverts yeah. yeah right like no totally like that's like a stereotype but it's like it's kind of a true one right it's pretty like, real uh, yeah definitely um let me see so like do you draw a lot of inspiration from like your own life experiences or do you try to go more like imagination I mean obviously based off on your work you know it's kind of probably a blend of both or like just kind of like talk about like your inspiration where you kind of get these ideas like yeah just kind of talk on that a little bit yeah um I would say definitely things start from from real life from real events you know it, it could be as simple as like texting a friend and they like say something or um, like that moment um, in the switchback where, you know, yeah. when I was out hiking and that really struck me and I knew that I wanted to write about that. Um, so it, it can kind of come from anywhere, um, the like the kernel of it. But then I think it, to make it grow is really an intentional process. Yeah, yeah. Um, are you one of those people? This is me. This is me with podcast ideas, song lyrics, like I'll have something hit me. It just like strikes me like a lightning bolt. And I have to like literally pause whatever the fuck I'm doing. If I'm driving, I'll have Nina write it down. I have to write it down right then or I forget it. Do you operate? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've got notebooks. I have notes on my phone, like scraps of paper or whatever. That shit is interesting to think about. I never thought too much about that shit. And then I was watching uh, Joe Rogan and Duncan Trussell the other day. And they were talking about like, what are ideas? Like, some people think they're like, I mean, it's pretty wacky. Like, I'm not saying I believe this, but like, people think they're like ideas or like their own like thing and that like bounce from person to person. Or, like, I never thought about it that way. I thought the idea was like something that like I thought of, but like they were saying that like ideas are something that come from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't know how I really, I mean, that's kind of like the question without an answer, but I just thought it was kind of trippy to contemplate um, yeah i i guess my initial thought would be that it's kind of it's it's about like taking little things from other people and other like outside sources but then it's about like synthesizing that like bringing it together in your own like input and output yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly totally oh uh, man i i totally agree with that just like even like what i do with music or like even like I said, when I, when I did write, I would tend to do that with movies. Like, I would draw on movies. Because I'll be the first to admit that I'm not the most well-read person in the world. Um, so I would draw on movies for my writing and, like, my dialogue and just mm-hmm. life experience. So, yeah, no no doubt. That's um, that's definitely interesting. Um, so so were you an English major in, in college? Like, Creative writing. What, cre- oh, so even better. So I guess you could say you're formally trained. I am. Yeah. Um, so I have an undergrad degree in creative writing and then I have a master's degree in professional creative writing, whatever that means. That <laughs> means that you're a fucking legit as fuck. That's what that means. Fucking flex I guess. Oh. Yeah. No, that's legit. No, like, I don't know, man. Cause I was that person. So 
So just a little backstory on me. Like, I changed my major, like, four fucking times. I didn't know. I still don't know what the fuck I want to do. Like, I uh, I never did. I'm, like, the exact opposite in all those regards to you. And, like, I uh, I... I would always throw out that statistic like, oh, like 70% of people don't even like work in their major field anyway. And like, but, but look, and I mean, I know you have the job at the bank too, but look at you. And like, everybody's always saying like, oh, people don't even use their degrees and shit, but you can tell all those people to fuck off because you took a, you have a professional creative writing degree and that's what the fuck you do. So no, I, I just think that's really dope for, like I said, I used to throw that stat all the time. I don't even know that's a real stat. Probably the most bro science stat ever. Like, yeah, like 70% of people. Like, I, I don't fucking know how many people, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I used to always throw that out just to, like make myself feel better about like yeah, yeah. not knowing what the fuck I wanted to do in my life. Uh, but yeah, I, I really think I am going to be like one of those Mark Twain motherfuckers where just every five to 10 years, I just like. You're gathering knowledge. Different. That's. That's a perfectly yeah. valid, like, thing to do with your life. You know what? And, like, this is where I start to get a little hippy-dippy. But, like, I hate how, like, we associate people by their jobs. Like, oh, that's Jeff the fireman or, you know, Ron the doctor. Or you know, it's just, like, like, no, I mean, that's Ron. And that's what he happens to, like, earn a living doing. But, like, we just, like, these labels, these, like, oh, you, you are this. Like, I don't know. That... There's, I don't think there's ever been anything I've liked enough to really like want to like label myself as for the next fucking you know sixty years you know, hopefully you know what I'm saying like I yeah think that, yeah when people ask me like what I do and I know it's like to slap that label on I always say I'm like oh like I work in a bank but I'm a writer because I want to make sure that like they think of me as Megan the writer not Megan the banker because that's that's totally pizza. such a thing. It's a thing, and like, I, I'm actually love. I'm kind of a natural like troll by nature. Like I kind of like fucking with people, like especially nowadays. And like I, uh, so nowadays I'm just loving like when especially it's always like a boomer, right? They're just like, oh, so what do you do? And I'm just like, oh, like nothing really right now. I I, I have these podcasts and like, uh, and they're just like, oh, well, like we you know when do you get back to work? I'm like, oh, I'm not really sure. And like I just love leaving it like open ended and like <laughs> leaving them so uncomfortable because it's like. They just like, like oh, they I'm don't more than know. a job. <laughs> yeah, like they just literally just like they short circuit. They're like, how do I talk to you? Like, like you know, I'm sure different people experience that too. But yeah, or like, or like, oh my god, I honestly hate so much when people ask me what race I am. Like, I really do. It's like because when I was younger, I was naive and I thought people were really just curious. But like, uh, I've learned that like usually that's not that innocent of the reason. It's like they want to know how to treat me or they want to know like mm -hmm. what to talk to me. What about, stereotypes uh, to put on it, you. Yeah. Exactly. Like exactly. Like so uh, I, I don't know. So yeah, I just want to kind of touch on that whole situation for sure. Um, another question I want to ask you as a, especially as a classically trained author, uh, what what are your thoughts on like celebrities that like quote unquote write books, but don't really write books like, it's like, you know, when you, you grow up and you learn that, like, everything's fake or, like, everything you've been told is a lie. Like, you know, all these autobiographies and all these New York Times bestseller, you know, every fucking celebrity has is has a book. Like, uh, but a lot of times, most of the times, they have, like, ghost writers and co-authors mm -hmm. and shit like that. Like, I just wanted to kind of hear your thoughts on that. Like, like I don't know, like, did you, like, respect that, that they, like, 
kind of give it a shot? Do you think it's kind of cheap? Because I know it's like when I find out a musician doesn't write their own music, I kind of just discount it. And it's like it doesn't hit me the same. I don't appreciate it as much. Do you feel the same way? Or, uh... um, I want to put up like that gif of Mariah Carey being like, I don't know her. Um, that's that's how I feel about it. It's like, a, like uh, I don't I mean, I don't know. You, you know, you do you do do your thing. If people want to read it, like, good for you. That's. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. I just, I don't know, man. If I, if my I craft was being I wouldn't consider that, author, like, like, creative writing, like, fiction that's, like, or nonfiction. the books on the, on the bestseller list, right? Like, I mean, I, kudos to you on not being a hater. Love that. I'm not trying to, like, coach you into being a hater. I love that. Great attitude. But just, if it was me, I'm not going to lie, I'd be a little salty. Like, this fucking cocksucker never fucking wrote you know, he's never wrote, he writes his name on his check. That's the only thing he wrote on this book was the, the but I mean, you know, you know. If, if I had that attitude, I couldn't do what I'm doing, you know, yeah. like, That's I don't, beautiful. I'm not gonna, I don't expect to like be on a bestseller list, but like, that's not really what I'm aiming for. I'm not really interested in like climbing the, like the official tiers. Like that's the same reason I didn't like, I, I wrote a book and I published it myself. I didn't market it. Hell to yeah. like some publisher that was gonna make me change a bunch of shit and like I had a vision for the cover which like shout out Wild Pop Media um for designing yeah, shout this out cover Wild for me. Media. He did, uh they designed my Beefy Boys logo right behind me. Shout out Cop Media. Love you. Yeah, you. for sure. Um and you know like I I just I wasn't interested in like going and and like having someone else take my work and like make it marketable. Like, yeah. my work is my work, and the people who want to read it are going to read it, and I don't really give a shit if it's marketable by, like, the standards of a bunch of, you know, older white men. That's the new wave. That's the new wave. That's, like, I mean, it's not new. People have done it before, but I feel like more so than ever, people are just kind of taking that into their own hands, and, um, like, especially, like, me, you know, being a hip-hop fan and, like, Nipsey Hussle was one of my favorite artists, RIP. And like, uh, that's all he preached was like, just he did everything himself, owned his own label, owned his own masters, just, and, and, and just, he did him. And if it worked, it worked. And it took him, it took him longer, but it finally paid off. Um, but I don't know. I respect yeah. that. I, I really yeah, like do. It, it might take a while. You know, I might, I might never get like, you know, make it or whatever by, by whosoever standards, but um, I'm going to have integrity and I'm going to believe in like the work that I put out and that people are reading. So that Hell means yeah. a lot more to me than, you know, being on a bestseller list. Yeah. Yeah. And I think increasingly that's meaning more to like the consumer too. Like, I yeah. think, I think people are really tired of that filter, like that, that cornball filtered corporate shit that gets shoved down our throats just consistently what and whatever genre and medium you want to apply to that it happens in every you know genre and medium mm -hmm. and like uh mm -hmm. i i think that's like even like like podcasts and shit are becoming more successful it's just like the consumer is like noticing that like corniness that that forced nature of that corporate marketability that you're talking about and, and yeah, I think, I, think I think people want people want authenticity and they want yes. people that they can relate to. Yeah. You know, like you don't you don't follow people on Instagram because they feel a world apart from you. You follow them because like, hey, that could be me. You know, it's the relatability that that you look for. 
Yeah, yeah, no, without a doubt, without a doubt. And, like, so I, I respect the hell out of that. Like, almost all of my favorite people, you know, chose that route. And, like, because uh, otherwise, you know, you end up just trying to people please and, like, wave ride and just kind of, like, ride trends and, like, what's hot right now. And it just becomes – I feel like eventually you get exposed because, mm -hmm. like – um it's like, so say you ride a trend at the right moment and you get like, quote unquote, famous. But then you either have to, because that's not you, right? You were riding that right. trend. So nothing's more short lived than a trend. And then so then you either have to find a new trend to find or, if you, or you know, or, you know, if you try to be real at that point, it's too late because the fans you gained weren't even fans of you. They were fans of that fake shit you were doing. Right. So, so I don't know. I, I definitely respect just your journey, you know, that you're on. I feel like I'm kind of, you know, in a similar journey myself sure. and just like, you know, Godspeed, you know, let's just, you know, keep it, keep it rolling. Sight. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, who knows, you know, how it ends up, but I'm a firm believer in like, you know, it sounds cliche, but like, you know, you miss the shots that you don't take, like, you know, or like, you know, baseball, you know, you, 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 you're not going to hit the ball if you don't swing. So it's like, you know, the, I would much rather, much rather like bet on myself and lose than like bet on like an the insert job X and lose. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm, and I'm not saying like, it's impossible to lose, but just, I don't know. Like I said, I'd rather just like, bet on myself or just you know just yeah I mean you're you're probably gonna lose more times than win but I don't know I don't know about you but like for me like I couldn't I couldn't like be happy with myself and who I am if I wasn't trying to pursue my art I tried it I tried it it fucking sucked that's what I've spent like the past like close to three four however many years doing yeah. like that's why I'm loving this so much and like I just I, I appreciate everybody you know that supports it in any single type of way because like I really do love this it feels more right than anything I've done you know in, in, in quite some time you know I mean in my case probably since I played football or was on stage um you know rapping um you know ever since kind of both of those kind of faded from my life you know there was just like a massive void and like needless to say that void doesn't get filled by a cubicle job or really, right. you know, damn near any job, you know, um, if, if it, if, and like, I, I, I can't fake the funk. That's my thing. Like, I can't like fake be excited about something. Like if I, like, I like the worst poker face ever. Like if I don't want to be somewhere, like I fucking don't want to be there. Like, I don't know. Like, but, uh, but yeah, so like I said, I'm just, I'm a big fan of what you're doing. I'm looking forward to your next things that come out. Um, I do appreciate, you know, taking time out of your evening and coming on Dreadful Talk and, and promoting it all week long. Those were gorgeous little gifts and everything you were making. Um, Thank you. I wish you much happiness and success. And, yeah, shout out again to Cop Media. And just I wish you guys happiness and success in Colorado. And, um, you know, just like I said, I, I like the way you worded that. Keep fighting the good fight. Let's end it on that note. All right. Yeah, thank you so much. And um, congrats to you and Nina on getting thank married. You. Um, so that's freaking awesome. I love the photos. Oh, thank um, thanks you, for yeah. having me on. Um, yeah, this is awesome. Thank you.